Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Joshua Shaw audio experience. Firstly, thank you for giving me a bit of your attention. I'm honored you trusted me with it, and I promise to return the favor by giving you a ton of edutainment value back. In my latest podcast episode, I'll explain why I believe recent strategic decisions at the largest online global sports nutrition brand is pointing them towards a huge decision soon. But before we get started, I would love if you took 48 seconds out of your day to leave a rating or review whichever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. This helps me out immensely in terms of extending the reach of my podcast, but more importantly, allows me to make improvements based on your feedback. Thank you again. Now enjoy my newest podcast episode. I think it's finally time for THG to file the necessary SEC paperwork so my September 2022, my protein prediction, can become a reality. The bulk of this content will be focused on helping you decode that introductory statement. But since THG, aka the company formerly known as the Hut Group, did just release their trading statement, I thought it would be sensible for me to start this content off by running through some high-level financial data. This will obviously update you on how the brands within the THG nutrition segment performed recently but more importantly, give context for my expanded strategic commentary on global supplement market dynamics and trends. Plus, it will make the my protein prediction information more relevant and impactful. Just some quick financial mumbo-jumbo housekeeping for us Americans. I did the currency conversions on all of the numbers, so these numbers will be in U.S. dollars, not British pounds. I'll also be using the constant currency percentages which just means the currency fluctuations of the multinational company are stripped out for the ease of comparisons. Additionally, for those that might not be too familiar with THG, the company is currently made up of several different divisions. There are two branded product divisions that focus on the beauty category and then the previously mentioned nutrition category. They also have a proprietary end-to-end direct-to-consumer e-commerce software as a solution that powers THG Nutrition and THG Beauty, but it's also licensed to third-party brands. This is called THG Ingenuity, and it's essentially the master switch for the whole organization. While I believe understanding the whole THG machine is important, this piece of content is only focused on updating you on the recent performance of THG Nutrition, which is comprised of categorically focused digital-first supplement brands, It includes the world's largest online sports nutrition brand, MyProtein, and its family of sub-brands, the largest of those being MyVitamins and MyVegan. 
So let's start with a quick financial overview of THG Nutrition. In the third quarter of 2023, THG Nutrition reported generating revenue of approximately $195 million, which was down 2.3% year over year. If we look at THG Nutrition segment revenue for the first nine months of 2023, it generated just about $619 million, which was up 0.4% year over year. Why are these growth rates so low? If you've consumed these THG Nutrition quarterly updates earlier in this year, you'll recognize a few of these major things going on. Firstly, THG deploys a global digital first commerce strategy. That's awesome long-term, as I'm not sure anyone would argue that e-commerce will continue gaining share of the global shopping behavior, but in the interim, supplement shoppers are enjoying the extended breadth and depth of categorical merchandising inside large physical retail channels, especially in places like the United States. Seeing these shopper behavior trends, THG Nutrition has continued investing in retail partnerships where they place a limited or exclusive SKU range as part of a bigger demand generation strategy. Secondly, THG Nutrition over the last two years has acquired several supply side businesses and needed to transition them from primarily servicing third-party brands to now focusing on internal THG Nutrition production. So more of a behind the scenes operational distraction, but a bet that if successful, will show long-term results from a bottom line profitability perspective. Thirdly, THG Nutrition revenue performance reflects the rebrand launch, which temporarily reduced new product launches while the new branding is being rolled out. I'm fine with that operational challenge and product development strategy decision around the rebrand causing some like, short-term revenue impacts, but it's something else I mentioned in the last THG Nutrition content piece that needs to be paid close attention to over the next year. There's a double-edged sword effect that comes from packaging refreshes and then larger rebrands. While every functional CPG brand assumes it wouldn't happen to them, that branding decision can harm near-term sales by inadvertently disassociating from poor, passionate customer cohorts. With the rebrand, my protein is clearly signaling it wants to be thought of as a more inclusive lifestyle brand centered around health empowerment. I don't think that's a bad thing, yet expanding further away from primarily speaking to seasoned gym enthusiasts to now supporting everyone regardless of their fitness journey stage hasn't been the easiest task to accomplish successfully for legacy sports nutrition brands. But from what I've seen publicly, I think MyProtein is doing things the right way. Regardless, it's just a massive undertaking to seamlessly reinvent an almost billion dollar sports nutrition legacy brand that operates in 70 international territories and has several thousand SKUs. Next was a major strategic decision for my protein to not exercise the highest level of pricing power on the market over the last two years. The strategic logic was that even though protein input costs had doubled to almost tripled in a short period of time, the company prioritized its loyal customer base over maximizing near-term gross margins. It's well-documented in content that I was supportive of this strategic decision, mostly because my protein utilizes a heavy promotional strategy and that price-sensitive customer file would likely leave the brand if they instituted upwards of a 20 or 30% increase on whey protein SKUs like a major competitor, Optimum Nutrition was able to successfully accomplish. So with THG Nutrition being a deeply vertically integrated business segment and categorical margins already being traditionally higher than other ingestible CPG categories, 
they have the luxury of instituting price protection for consumers, in turn, placing emphasis on customer retention and keeping acquisition focused opportunistically on consumers that were looking to trade down within the functional CPG category. As expected, turning off aggressive acquisition for an elongated period would have a negative effect on active customers and total orders, but the quality of that customer file should improve and pay strong long-term dividends. There's a second part to the strategy though, and that's when profitability surges back from cost-cutting initiatives and savings from core product inputs, you should be pulling harder on that acquisition lever again. Everyone knew that protein input costs would fall sharply over 2023. So THG Nutrition overshooting margin expectations by delivering record net profitability this quarter means they left acquisition opportunities on the table. But maybe that's for a reason. One reason is likely because THG wanted some financial buffer to execute on the MyProtein global rebrand. But it also might have something to do with that introductory statement. Though it only makes up one-third of the total portfolio's revenue, THG Nutrition accounts for almost all of its profitability. While THG Nutrition isn't a standalone business, strategy within the segment over the last two or so years has been focused on creating optionality. I predict that sets THG up to spin off its nutrition segment into a standalone public company. This new entity will likely IPO in the US markets because of a more favorable multiples. Based on the previous comments from CEO Matthew Molding, THG Nutrition has had ample acquisition interest with amounts higher than the current entire THG market cap. If unsolicited bids were indeed that high, which make total sense to me as the division's revenue and profitability metrics uh, would definitely signal that, you are arguably seeing investors say that there's this a case of the parts that are worth more than the whole. And if you remember, my prediction for a MyProtein spinoff was echoed by Kelso Group, an activist investor group. Additionally, the analysts on the call went straight into the THG Nutrition US IPO questions from the jump. So my guess is that THG is internally adjusting accounting and finance requirements now so they can file the S1 document with the SEC in the next handful of months. But for this final part of the content, I want to quickly run through arguably the top three growth drivers that I think THG Nutrition needs to focus on over the next period to make themselves more attractive to the U.S. investment community. Firstly, my protein needs to ensure its rebranding decision is well-received and generates brand affinity with American consumers. To make that happen, my protein likely needs to make a splash with something like high profile in terms of getting attention on the brand. Yes, they signed a recent deal with Williams Racing, which is cool, but F1 racing is still a thing that some, if not most Americans know only because of Netflix. So they shouldn't be resting on that and believing it will push the needle. But regardless, the goal here with the rebrand is that it gives my protein a chance to move upstream with brand positioning and shift away from constant promotional activity. This will help them unlock the next growth driver, which is sales channel diversification. THG Nutrition will continue to be a digital first brand, but in mature markets like the United States, they must head deeper into physical retail. THG leadership has stated that MyProtein has garnered great appeal from American retailers, but they aren't looking for quick wins that hurt the brand long-term. At the current time, MyProtein has a few SKUs merchandised within the vitamin shop nationally, 
And then they also announced an upcoming Costco partnership. So why are they jumping into the club channel? I think this allows them to sidestep its current brand positioning challenge. As I always say, products are built to fit channels. Channels don't mold to products. If my protein were to offer its core lineup of products, when they offer it at wholesale to create some semblance of price consistency online, it would be dilutive to margins. And that gets us into the last growth driver that needs unlocked by my protein. That rebrand strategy is pointed at broadening consumer appeal and marketing efficiencies become realized when you have scale distribution and products that fit best in those channels. Yes, Protein powders and popular performance nutrition categories like pre-workouts are doing well in U.S. large retail channels like mass, club, and grocery, but my protein eventually faces a similar optimum nutrition problem. If you don't get that comparison, optimum nutrition is a billion-dollar performance nutrition brand owned by Glambia that's growing extremely well because of its powders being sold in large retail, but it could, without a fathom of a doubt, be growing much faster if it had popular beverage format offerings in protein shakes and energy drinks. So it comes down to my protein having compelling RTD and RTD options within the U.S. market. Realistically, my protein could double or triple its U.S. revenue over the next few years, and it wouldn't make me blink an eye. But they just haven't hit on the right strategic alignment yet to flourish here. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you have any comments or questions about anything I discussed during it, open the podcast episode notes and click on any of my social media account links to reach out to me directly. 